Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Hey, can you just set revival on your hearts right now? Come on, let's pray. Let's seek God. Set a desire in you. Let's lift our hands right now wherever you are. Come on, let's go after his presence. Dear Lord, we need you so much right now. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and stay. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time of going after your name, of desperately coming before you. But God, we just thank you that you have already come in. So Jesus, we pray that you would breathe on this this word. Breathe on this time, God. We need your presence. Right now, I pray for every space to be filled with the glory of the Lord. I pray for every home to be full of the presence of God. Right now, that the joy of the Lord would overtake. Father, I just feel right now to pray for those that are weary and stressed, those that are caught up in anxiety right now. I release the joy of the Lord into their home. I pray for laughter to come to their spirits, for a joyful singing and shouting to come into their home. Father, I just release that joy that we are strong in that joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Lord God, we just release that to every home, that we would have a joy that is not set on circumstance, but is set on our Savior, is set on the solid rock of the Word. I just thank you, God, for your joy right now. We just thank you for your presence. I thank you for this Word. Father, we pray that it would speak to us deep. God, that it would go in where no man can reach. It would go in where nothing of this world could speak to the innermost parts of our being. Um, God, we pray that Thessalonians prayer, that our whole soul, whole spirit, whole body would be kept blameless and be set apart, God. You would sanctify your people. In your name, we pray all of this. Amen. Wow, God is so good. Man, I just, I love his presence. I love being able to worship. Yeah, last week we had a bunch of people over for a watch party and just feeling the glory of the Lord in that space. Uh, it's incredible what God can do in this time. And even though we're virtual, even though we're in our homes watching a screen, the glory of the Lord has no boundaries. It can find you where you're at if you are hungry, if you are desperate, if you are in a place of seeking God, he said, I will be found. And man, I just, I pray that over your home right now right now, that even as we dive into this word, that it would become life to your spirit. It wouldn't just be words. The word of God is not just words. It is life. It is spirit. And so I just pray that into your heart. I pray that into your home right now, that as we open up God's word today together, that man, it would speak to us deeply. It would change us from the inside out. God would transform us. Man, are you ready to dive into God's word today? Hey, grab your Bibles, grab a journal. Write down what God speaks to you today because I believe that a, our God is the God of the individual. We see all through his word. He's not a God of the mass. He's not a God of uh, the people. He's a God of the person. And he loves you so much. And, and when Jesus came, we have to know this, when Jesus came and died on the cross, he broke the veil. No longer was there a veil so that only the priests could come in. Only somebody of high honor could come into that holy of holies. Now he wants you. He is seeking after you. He's searching after you. And I don't know what your background is. 
I don't know, maybe you're jumping on here today because of an invite from a friend or you got a flyer or something in the mail. I don't know how you found us. Maybe you're on social media scrolling, but I do know this. Holy Spirit wants you. Jesus wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your mind. He wants to give you all that he is so that you can come alive to the kingdom of God. And we're in this series called Kingdom Come. And this is the declaration over this year. It's more than just a cool line, man. It's more than just a, uh, even a line of merch or a, a slogan for our church. It's more than just a title for the year. It is a declaration that we declare over this year. Kingdom come. And we're not talking about the kingdom on this earth. We're not talking about the kingdom of you know, government or even influence. What we see as, as, as authority or as we see as leadership. We are talking about eternal kingdom, heavenly kingdom coming. And that is our prayer as a church. That's what we've been unpacking the last few weeks. So we've unpacked what does it look like for us to bring kingdom down. Uh, we've been looking at the word of God and how when it is alive in our life, kingdom can come to the earth. It grows legs and a mouth and hands and it's able to serve and love and come to the world. And so, man, we're praying that over your life. We've looked at uh, being a, a person who comes and knows the presence of the Father. Last week, I took us into our meeting with the King, and we talked about getting his heart and what does it look like to have him in the room. And our main objective is to have him there. When you meet with the King, it's not just to read your Bible and be a good Christian. It's not even to learn more prayers. It's not even to come into this understanding and being this holy of holy person that is more righteous than everybody else. This time with the king is for you to get his heart, to become like him. That's coming into the original design. When God formed you, he made you in his image. And so when you become more like Jesus, you get back to the original design, the OG. Come on, somebody. You get back to the original purpose for your life when you become like Jesus. That's why it's so important that you, when you meet the king, that he is present. Well, we talked about gratitude and how gratitude turns our heart and our posture into this place of praise. It turns us from being selfish and looking at our self-desires into this place of seeing his blessing and seeing his goodness. Once we are in that place, we talked about praise, how we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, but we enter into his courts with praise. It's the next level. It's getting with Jesus. It's coming into the place where he is. It's not just experiencing Jesus where a lot of Christians stop, but it's coming in and knowing Jesus, seeing him face to face, letting him speak to you, letting his heart get inside of you so that you start thinking and loving like Jesus. This is the main purpose of your life. This is the main reason you are here. Jesus said, I have come to show you, to show you a, a portion of my Father's heart, to show you that I am one with him. And now my prayer is that you become one with me. That prayer over us to become one with Jesus is us meeting with him, getting his heart in us so that in that space, we can declare the word of the Lord. Now, today is kind of like part two. I want to go into talking about intercession. So when you're in that sweet spot, if you missed last week, I, I encourage you, go back and watch the message and then come back to this word. 
or if you're listening to it today, just write it down and then we'll come back to it because the first part is so crucial in order to come into this space of intercession. If you haven't yet done the first part where you get the king there and you know his heart in worship and you, you start to uh, elevate who he is and, ele- and magnify, as David said, he magnifies the Lord. He brings him in close and then he says, taste and see how good he is. I sought him and he answered me. It's all these things of God, David encountering God. And in that moment, then we move into this place of intercession. So I want to talk about intercession. I want to talk about prayer. And the prayer of the righteous, those, those scriptures we read, prayer of the righteous man availeth much. We read all through the word of God, these righteous men of God, these righteous women of God, praying effective prayers. So I don't know about you, but I want to pray effective prayers. Come on. I don't want to flap my gums and just pray endless prayers and just hope that they're doing something. When I pray... When I get up early in the morning, when I devote myself to this, I want to know on the other side of my prayer, something is happening. I want to know when I declare something that it is being done. So just like last week, I want to demystify, kind of take the the out of reach feeling maybe for some that this is not something that is far off or something you have to train for. It's a few nuggets. It's a few uh, insights that will help us understand how to approach God and how to approach praying his word. There's so much power in this, um, but I think the first thing I wanna look at, I wanna look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. And I wanna look at this scripture because the first part of intercession is really, is it all about the person. It's all about you. Um, sometimes when we think of prayer, you know, we can get our mindset on the prayer itself. You can get your mindset on the words you say. And so, you know, that space can be very overwhelming. That's why some are very afraid to pray. They're very afraid to pray out loud or in a group setting. And so they're very quiet in their prayers because they think, you know, and, and maybe the mindset is, is fear just of what others think or, but, but we do get caught up in the words of prayer, right? Or the, the, the way that we pray or the eloquence of how we pray. But really the foundation of intercession is the person. It really is us. It's our heart. It's your, it's your way that you think. It's the way that you process. It's the way that your heart is. So that is number one. So I want to talk about the word sanctification, Sanctification, and the word sanctification literally means to set apart or to bring holiness, to bring something into holiness. Now there's different versions of the word sanctify or sanctification, but it all points to bringing an object, an entity, into a place of holiness. So I wanna read in 1 Thessalonians chapter five, and this has been a scripture that I've been praying over our family, over our home. I've been praying over myself. I've been praying over our leaders of this church. I've been praying over you and your family. I've been praying over your home, this, this, this scripture, because this is such an amazing um, prayer and it's such an amazing purpose of God that he wants for all of his children. And so I've been declaring this, but I wanna share it with you today and uh, just share with you the, the sanctification of the saints. So are you ready? Let's dive in chapter five verse 16. It says in verse 16, be joyful always, pray continually, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, that first part, you could stop there and go home. I mean, that is enough to keep you full and to keep you seeking after God more because th this is the will of God for his children to, to be joyful always, to have his joy in your heart because out of that space is strength, right? That's where we, we flow from. So to rejoice, to rejoice in the Lord, to pray continually. I mean, to stay in a place of conversation with God to stay in a place of awareness that he's in the room and he wants to talk to you and he wants to talk back and forth with his creation. And it's huge to pray continually and to give thanks in all circumstances. This is a word for now. This is a word for now. Because sometimes when we wake up, we don't know what's on the other side of that day. I mean, you don't know what's gonna happen. It's so unsure and so uncertain. And so this is huge for the children of God to get that we remember, hey, no, no, no. No matter what happens in the world, it might be bad, but we rejoice always. We pray continually, we stay connected to the Father, and we give thanks in all circumstances. Now, this is rooted out of the promise in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, where he says, All things work together for the good of those who are called according to my name, love me, right, according to my purposes. So we know that God causes all things to work together for us, so we can give thanks in all circumstances. Come on, somebody. I'm setting you free with just this. This is going to set you free to know that no matter what it is, it might look like a setback or a detour, but can I tell you, God is still on the throne, and guess what? His kingdom is for you. It's for you. It's for you. His, all of his purposes out of his heart is to bring his glory to the earth, to make himself famous, to make himself known because it's in knowing him that people are saved from the pit of hell. That's what he wants for your life. That's what he wants for you. He wants to bring you into oneness with him so that you are saved from all the transgressions that may look like pleasures, may look like things that you need, but I promise you, they are temporary. They will fade. They are gonna amount to nothing. And so God is looking after the eternal in your life. He's looking after your character. He's looking after who you are and the things that will last forever. Treasure that won't grow rust or won't rot away, where thieves cannot break in and steal. He wants that for you. And so that's why we stand firm to be joyful always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. He goes on in verse 19. He says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Man, I pray that over you and your heart. And I pray that over all of those that have caught flame in this season, where you've caught a hunger, you've caught a desperation, you've caught a desire to go after him and to know him more. Maybe you've caught a desire to get more consistent in your Bible reading, to get more consistent with your God time, to wake up early in the morning, whatever it is. Can I just implore you? I, I pray this over you, but I implore you, encourage you. You got to take your part. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. This is not something to take for granted. It's like, oh, if I don't do it today, I'll do it in a week. I'll do it next season. This season's just crazy for me. Hey, can I implore you? Stop. Stop with the lies. That's what the enemy wants to tell you. And you will quench the spirit, as it says in another translation. You will put out that fire. Can I implore you and challenge you, please? Do not fan into flame that gift that was given to you. He goes on, he says, do not treat prophecies with content. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. Uh, and I do pray this over our church that God purifies us because it's in that place of purity. And this comes into the second part. This is what I want to talk about, the sanctification, uh, because I believe this is the sweet spot for the children of God in order to pray effective prayers. 
in order to come into a place where we are praying out of purity the words of the Father. He says in verse 23, says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, here's what I believe is going to happen. As you come into a relationship with Jesus, as you get deeper, maybe some of you are already in a relationship, but you are taking it to the next level. You are going deeper in your faith. You are going deeper in the way that you pray. You are going deeper in feeling the manifestation of his glory, to know when he's in the room, to know when he wants to do something, to feel the, the promptings, to feel the spirit moving. For those of you who are coming to this space, I believe that he is sanctifying us Sanctification is bringing an entity into holiness, into this space of being holy and blameless, coming into this space of being set apart. And I believe that God is calling a righteous people. I hope you hear his calling. I hope you hear him calling your name because this is not something just for the, the church in general. This is something he is individually doing with those who will listen, those who are tuned in. And if you will lean in, I'm telling you, if you will lean in, you will hear his promptings. You will hear him urging you, come in, let me sanctify you. Let me set you apart. You see, there's factories and we have these cups um, that are from Target. They're kind of on the cheaper end because they're plastic and you know there's like a bajillion of them made. But in the factories, these go through the assembly line and there's workers in the assembly line that check over the vessel to make sure there's no obstructions or imperfections or things that will cause the vessel to not be usable. And when they find that imperfection, they have to set the vessel aside because it can't be used. And I think this is the, the perfect picture of what God is doing right now is he is searching the world for those who have a heart fully committed to him. Where the children of God have come into a space of calling him not only Yeshua, Savior, but calling him Yahweh, Lord. Not only are they coming to him because he did something for them and he's the Savior of the world, which is where we start, but we have to come into a place where he is Lord. Some of you don't know him as Lord. You know him as Savior. He saved you from your sins, but you still rule your life. You still own it. You still own the decisions you still own everything that you're doing. He hasn't become Lord. And I wanna implore you, encourage you to be a vessel that says, Lord, search me, search me. This is the process of sanctification. When you come in and you say, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, search me. What he does is he's like a factory worker and he looks over your life and he says, ah, there's an obstruction. There's something of imperfection that you need to take care of. And it's in that, that he starts to help us demolish, help us destroy, that, that we remove those things that make us dependent on anything other than the king. See, that's what the spirit wants to do in us. He wants to help us remove any dependency on anything else. And we just got done with our 21 day fast. And what a beautiful time of God moving, God speaking. Man, my prayer time has never been so clear, let me tell you. My time in the word has never been so powerful. My prayers, I feel, are so on fire right now. I am flowing in the gifts of God because 
I have come to this place of not being dependent on food, not being dependent on a space of, of my flesh running the show. And this is where we need to be as Christians. This is where we need to be as Christ followers. And not that I've found the, the space or not that you found that space, but this is just the start. This 21 day fast, we said it from the beginning. It is just to set you up to have a new mindset to go into this year. And maybe for some of you, I know for me, coming out of this fast is pushing me even to look at how can I make this a lifestyle thing? How can I make this something that is a part of my every week? That, you know, once or twice a, a week, I'm setting myself apart. And some of you, you're, you're challenged and encouraged to do that. And I do. I, I encourage you to pray over that and say, God, how can I continue in this space of hunger and desperation for you where I'm not dependent? Because your kingdom function. Your kingdom reality in your life cannot function if you are dependent on earthly provision. Your kingdom function cannot function if it is dependent on earthly provision. As long as you are dependent on this world, as long as you are dependent on the government or a system or money or your job or even relationships, as much as we don't want to hear that, as long as you are dependent on those things, kingdom cannot be a reality in your life. And Holy Spirit knows that. He knows that, that if anything is an idol for you, if anything is on the throne that is not the king, then kingdom cannot flow through your life. So that is why we must come underneath the authority of Jesus to say, Lord, sanctify us. Sanctify us, our whole body, soul, and spirit, our whole triune self, every part of us, let it come underneath the authority of Christ and set us apart. Let us become blameless in your sight, Father. And that is a heart, that is a posture of purity. That is a posture of holiness to come in and say, God, I know I'm messed up. I know I got things that I'm not proud of. I know I got struggles and things that if everybody knew, they would look at me differently. I know I have that, but I pray that you would search me because your will for my life is that I'm sanctified. Your will for me is that I'm set apart for bringing kingdom down, being kingdom down. You see, as soon as we become dependent on the king solely, everything else bows. All of our desires and even the favor in our life, the blessings in our life. This is what doesn't make sense to a lot of people when it comes to generosity. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about your time, talent, treasure. This is what doesn't make sense to a lot of people because they're like, how can I give if I don't have enough? The, the flipped kingdom mindset is when you give, when you make him Lord, when you obey, all the things follow you. The earthly mindset is get on your grind, work it out, work hard, do your thing. The kingdom mindset is fall in love with Jesus, be in a place of rest and plugged into him, and then all the things will follow you. That's why it doesn't make sense that when you're flowing in the gifts of God, when you're generous, you can't outgive God. It's always coming in the back door. You know, there's an old song that's, you put it out the front door, God brings it in the back door. It's just, it's a flow. It's a constant. And that's my prayer is that we are full of everything of God. That's kingdom reality. When you are full of him. See, when you're full of Jesus, and this is the most important part of intercession, is that we are emptied of self. Because as soon as we're emptied of self, we can be full of him. But if we're full of ourselves, if we're full of what we think and our talents and abilities, and we get caught up in our gifts. As much as we are there, as long as we are there, 
the king can't fill us. But when you're full of the king, then everywhere you go, what is in you spills out. The kingdom realities spill out. The other day, I was walking to the space of the stream and all stuff, and I ran into uh, one of the cleaners, and, and she was just sitting there cleaning and stuff. And I was like, hey, how are you today? How, how's your day coming? And I love to like, you know, ask a question where I was like, I'm actually there to hear you, right? Sometimes we, we say like, how you doing? Like in passing and we don't really mean it. You know, please don't go into your story because we don't really have, actually want to hear it. We don't have time for it. We're just too busy. But I love to just follow up and be like, how's your day coming? What, what's going on in your world? And uh, so she just went off and she was just talking to me about, you know, everything with the government and sometimes the fears. And, and I just felt just the anger inside come out. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. And she was just caught up in this place of a little bit just distressed by everything happening. And um, at the end of our conversation, um, I said, uh, I, I said her name and I said, hey, I would love to pray for you right now. I just feel God's heart for you. I feel his love for you. I would just love to pray joy into your life, pray peace into your life. Would that be okay? She kind of caught off. She's like, yeah, of course, of course. So I was like, all right, let's go. I just, I just started praying over her. I prayed the joy of the Lord over her. I felt my heart was so broken for her as she just talked out of that place of anger, out of that place of stress, out of that place of anxiety. I was like, now God, you're gonna get this moment because I understand that what I'm full of, the world needs. What I'm full of, every conversation needs. And what I bring with me is not earth. It's not earthly provision. I don't bring with me something to just make you feel good for the moment. What I have inside of me is kingdom reality. That's what you have to understand. What you have inside of you is kingdom reality. What you have inside of you is something that is sustaining. It's eternal. It's not temporary. So when you pray, when you love, when you serve in the name of Jesus, you declare something over somebody. This is huge. So as we were praying, we just get to the end of the prayer. And this lady, I'm telling you what, she bursts out in laughter. I actually kind of looked around to see if anybody was there because she was so loud and kind of obnoxious with her, her laughter. She's like, oh, that was so good. Thank you for the prayer. And just like countenance changed, her attitude changed. She was laughing. She went back to work. She's like, okay, have a good day. I'll see you around. I was like, yeah, I'll see you. Let's go, let's go. But that, that's, that's the power that we have is that when we declare something over a room, when we declare something over a child who is lost this, and, and maybe a person that is out of the encounter of the Almighty, maybe they know him, maybe they even know his word, but they're out of the encounter of the Almighty. What we do is we bring the light, we shed it on that moment. We bring his kingdom reality into the room and his presence changes things. We don't change things, our words don't change things, but when we pray, when we declare, but that is a sanctified life. It's so huge. It's so huge. Hallelujah. That wherever we go, man, whatever the agenda is for the room, we change it. We change it because of what is inside of us. All right. You ready to jump into intercession? This is huge. So sanctification is huge. And that, that posture and that heart, that happens in worship. That's what we talked about last week. When you're worshiping Jesus in that space of just loving on him and having those love encounters, it's in that space that you start praying prayers that are selfless. You start saying, God, search me. Help me to love my spouse better. Help me to serve those around me better. Help me to uh, lay down my selfish desires so that I can pick up others. I mean, we see Jesus doing this all of his life. He was the perfect example of kingdom on earth. 
And so we pray these prayers, Lord, make me more like you. Make me love people more. Make me serve people more. Make me in this place of generosity where I want to give, where I want to resource, where I want to be a part of what you're doing. And that's the space of sanctification where he sets you apart. Well, that is the sweet spot, y'all. All right, so you ready to dive in? Let's dive into intercession. So first off, you have to understand what is intercession? Intercession is agreeing with what he wants to do. You have to get that from the start. Intercession is agreeing with what he wants to do, not with what you want to do, not with your agenda. If that is the way you come into the Father with all your, all your requests and all your things, hey, push pause, push pause, go back to worship and pray and seek him until his desires become yours. Now, it's not bad to have our own desires. I'm not saying that. But when you come into this place of intercession where you're declaring, so there's a difference between just going to the Lord and saying, God, I need you, help me. Lord, I'm feeling stressed right now. I'm feeling you know, without joy. I'm feeling without peace. It's okay to be aware of that and to pray those prayers. Lord, I need peace right now. Come into the room. But then there's a difference in your God time when you turn into an intercessor, when you start praying the prayers of the Father, when you start declaring the word of the Lord. And this is what I'm gonna talk about today. It's agreeing with what he wants to do. The second thing is being emptied of self. We talked about this, being emptied of self and full of the spirit. This is emptying our selfish desires again. This is emptying who we are and coming into knowing his desires, having the spirit in us. It's also aligning our hearts and our prayers with the word of the Lord. We align our desires, everything that we are with his. And the last thing is declaring the word and bringing forth the promises of God on the earth. That is what intercession is. It's all about alignment. Alignment. You know, if, if you drive, you know, if your tires get out of alignment, you're always fighting it, always fighting to get back on the road or to get back to straight. But as soon as you get aligned, the wheels go straight. They go exactly where you want it to. And if you pray prayers that are outside of the will of the Father, you will always be fighting. You'll always feel the struggle of prayer. You'll always feel the, man, just the, I don't know, just the weight of it. But as soon as you get aligned, you say, Father, align me with your heart, then you become flowing in the gifts of God. You become flowing in and declaring his promises on the earth. All right, so what are the goals of intercession? You ready? Write this down. Here's the goals of intercession. The goal is to, number one, encounter Holy Spirit. Goal number one, encounter Holy Spirit. Now, I'm praying that you already have done this with the thanksgiving and the worship, that you invite a Holy Spirit in, you feel his tangible presence, but that encounter is what's gonna set your prayers apart. It's what's gonna set you into a place of power and authority. Knowledge without encounter leads to death. It leads to death spiritually, but knowledge leads, that leads to a person transforms. And so we need to encounter Holy Spirit. The second thing, the second goal of our intercession is to get his heart. And we talked about this, but the goal of prayer is not to pray for him to do things. That's not our goal. We're not coming in and saying, God, do this. God, do this. Do what I think. Do these things that we've been talking about in our small group or do this. What I, you know, It's not that. The goal of it is to pray his will, to pray his heart, to attain his heart, and then to pray out of that space. Sometimes we get... Um, confused by this because we, we read scriptures like, you know, pray for anything 
pray for whatever and it shall be done, right? Pray for everything in my name and it shall be done. But we understand that, that scripture is aligned with people who have a heart of God. Once you have his heart, right? Once you have his heart, then you're aligned to pray his will. But if you don't have his heart, if you're just praying, God, do this, bless me, you know, I show up here, heal this, whatever. And you can pray these prayers, but, but not have his heart. And it's so important to have his heart in you. The third thing, the third goal is to pray effectively and to pray his word, to pray his word. His words prevail. The Bible says that it promises that many are plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's words prevail. And every word out of his mouth does not fail its purpose. Second Corinthians, if you turn with me, in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, I want to tell you the weapons that you come into the presence of God with. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Come on, somebody say divine power. Divine power. There's a difference between power, strong, and divine power. That, that divinity of our power. That, that uh, dominion, that king dominion of our power. We have a different kind of power. But here's what our power does. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and make it obedience to Christ. So first thing you need to understand, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. They're not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not the things of this world. That's why when things happen in our country, we turn to Jesus. That's why when things go on that are injustices, yes, we stand with each other. Yes, we gather, but we hit our face because that is where we fight. We do not fight against men. We do not fight against the government. We do not fight against powers. We fight in the spirit. Our, our warfare is spiritual. Our warfare is not fleshly. That's what you have to understand. When you get up in the morning to come before Father, you have weapons in your hand. You have weapons. Now, some Christians don't use their weapons. They're not good at using them. They don't even know what's in their hands. But when you read this, you understand that we fight with divine power. And that divine power demolishes strongholds. Now, strongholds is anything that holds something back. It's something that traps something. You think about fear that is gripping our country right now. It's trapping, it's a stronghold. It's a stronghold that's holding a lot of Christians back from being bold. It's holding a lot of people back from, from standing up and being a light right now, of standing up and standing up for the right things, for loving and serving and giving. A lot of things that are happening with the economy is, is destroying generosity. Hey, man, that is a stronghold. And what we have is the power to demolish strongholds, the divine power that when we pray, when we pray and declare, when we intercede, we demolish those things that hold our families, that hold us, that hold our minds, and we make them. I love the last part of this because it says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Have you ever had those moments where you have to make your thoughts obedient to Christ? Where you're so caught up in the day, you're so caught up in the week, you get overwhelmed, you start feeling the stress rise. Something happens that you didn't think would happen that you weren't praying for, 
that come, came out of left field, kind of knocked you on your, on your backside, man. And in those moments, we have to take captive those thoughts. Say, you know what? No, we're aware the peace has left the room and we need to get it back. We take captive those thoughts, make them obedient to Christ. No, Christ is for me. No, and we, we declare the word of God. It's the weapons of divine power. And the weapons he's speaking of is the word of God. It's the word of God that is live and active. Yeah, it's not really fair when you think about it because uh, we as Christ followers, we as the ones who have, have the spiritual warfare weapons, the divine power weapons, it's like bringing a knife to the gunfight for the enemy. I mean, it really isn't fair. But the thing the enemy does have is that he has lies. And the only power that the liar has is those that believe in the lie. But the enemy is so afraid. He's so afraid that you get this truth. He's so afraid that you become aware that you have power. Man, he will try everything. He will make that snooze button super convenient. Um, yo, snooze buttons can be of the devil. Let me tell you, it can feel so good to just hit that snooze button one more time. Um, I read a book that really encouraged me. It was the five second rule. I encourage anybody who's, who's a, a procrastinator or someone who pushes the snooze button too many times. I read that book and it was like, man, if you don't do it the first five seconds, you won't. Uh, and it'll, it'll cause craziness. But in that book, it talked about how when you push the snooze button, every time you push the snooze button causes four hours of grogginess. I don't know if you knew this, random fact for you. But when I read that, I was like, wow. So he said, when you hear your alarm go off, count to five. You have five seconds to get out of that bed. This has changed my life. Now, am I perfect in it? Absolutely not. But those days when I hear that alarm, it pushes me and challenges me. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to push the snooze button. And some of you need to get that in spirit. You can't push the snooze button anymore. God is waking you up to understand you have divine power. You have divine power to demolish strongholds in your home and your heart and your mind. And some of you are laying victim. You are laying in the wayside victim to all the circumstances. You're laying victim to what the world is portraying as the reality. You are laying victim and enough is enough. It's time to wake up. It's time to not push that snooze button anymore, but to get out of bed and understand the weapons in your hand. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. Every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Think about how many arguments there are in the world right now that God is not real. How many arguments that the creator didn't create everything? I mean, think about it. It's in school now. It's in school. We teach this stuff to our kids as the basis of knowledge that the creation didn't happen through the creator. That's an argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, against the reality of the kingdom. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. We have to know who we are. And that reality set in our spirit gets us out of bed. I wake up every morning not saying, oh, Gotta get up again. Oh, I didn't get enough sleep. Now I get up saying, all right, what strongholds am I gonna destroy this morning? There's something that's after my kids. There's something that's after my wife. There's something that's after this church. Why? Because the kingdom of God is coming this year. That's what you have to understand. That is reality. Kingdom of God is coming to our world. It's coming to our city. It's coming to our nation. But the enemy is so afraid of the children of God waking up, getting this reality and coming alive to Christ. Because when we are alive, he has no power. Can I just tell you that the enemy has already been defeated? The dragon has already been locked up. He is just waiting for his day to be thrown into the pit of hell. Read Revelation. He's already lost. He's just waiting for his demise. He's just waiting for that day. But the only thing he has now 
is to lie to enough Christians, to lie to enough Christ followers, to get them asleep and say, you know what? Forget about it. It's all about you. Forget about it. Go back to bed. You're good. You're good. Just go on with your life. You, you're going to church. You're reading your word when you can. You're giving a little bit. Come on. You don't, this is such a big book. Just read something smaller. Read something little. Just get a little nugget off of Instagram. That's going to be perfect for you. I'm telling you, it's so many lies. And as long as you believe them, as long as you give in to them, you will, do, you will totally set down your weapons. And let me tell you, Christ follower, world changer, come on, history shaker, you need to pick up your weapons again. Pick them up. Come on. Get up. It's time for the church to wake up. Stop hitting that snooze button. It's time. It's time because when the light comes in, the darkness has to flee. When the, when the light comes in, the darkness has to flee. When we come in, we, we set kingdom reality in place. When we pray, anxiety has to leave, joy comes in. When we come into the room, peace is in a person and Jesus is in us. So Holy Spirit comes in the room. When he comes in, all of a sudden, fear leaves the room. Peace has to come in. Peace has to come in. I want to give you a, a crazy insight into Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. I'm going to close with this. It says, for no word from God will ever fail. Another translation is nothing will be impossible with God. Now, how many times have you heard this quoted? How many times have you seen this on Instagram, right? This is something we all say and, and believe in and we even sing songs about it, right? Nothing is impossible with God. But the word study on this, I want to break this down for you because it really empowered me when I found this out. And it, it changed the way I pray this. It changed the way I look at this promise and this principle. But the word study is a no thing, thing meaning uh, rhema, which is word, word, freshly spoken word. And so when you're saying no thing, you're saying no freshly spoken word of God. And it says is impossible or will never fail, meaning that the, the word impossible is that it, it will not lose its power, not be without power to activate itself for its purpose. So when we read the scripture, we can literally pray, thank you, God, that no freshly spoken word over me will be without power to fulfill its purpose. Come on, somebody, you got to get that. Get that in your spirit. Write it down. No word from God shall be void of power to fulfill its purpose. No word from God will be powerless. That is huge because when you believe in the word of God, when you stand on it, when you come into a place of intercession and you start declaring the word of the Lord, you start declaring who he is, you start declaring the promises of God, you take a scripture and you pray it. Like this scripture, you say, be joyful always. God, help us to be joyful always. I just pray for joy to fill this space. I pray for joy over my family. I pray for joy in my heart. God, let me rejoice in every situation. God, help me to pray continually. God, keep me aware of your presence. Keep me aware of conversation. Keep me aware that you are speaking. And then you say, give thanks in all circumstances. God, in everything, no matter what happens, no matter what takes place in our world, no matter what I see in the news or what I see in my Instagram feed or, or what Facebook portrays or what the media tells me, God, help me to give thanks in all things. And we pray, we declare these things over our homes. We declare these things over our hearts. We declare and we say, you know what? No, we are taking every thought captive, making it obedient to Christ. Did you know that right now, right now, today, to this day, galaxies are still being formed. 
Look it up. It's crazy. Galaxies are still being formed off of the original word that God spoke thousands of years ago when he spoke, let there be light. And now to this day, it's continuing. Why? The word of God can't be stopped. The word of God cannot be moved. It cannot be shaken, cannot be undone. It cannot, because when God speaks, it prevails. When God speaks, its purpose is like rain that hits the earth, snow that fills the world. It, it comes and it, it accomplishes its purpose. So we align ourselves with the heart of the Father. We come into this place of intercession saying, God, search me, sanctify me. Lord, help me to come into a place of being aligned with what you want to do. And when you get his heart, you have the divine power to demolish strongholds. Whew, come on, somebody. Come on. Next week, I want to I wanna break down some of the scriptures that you can pray. I want to talk about that place of being in the gap, of standing up for your family, of declaring promises. I want to give you some promises to pray over your family. We're going to look at that next week. But this week is all about you and your alignment with the heart of God and your declaration to understand you have weapons. Not weapons of the world. You're not come gunslinging. You have weapons of divine power. That's what's in you. You are full of the King. And what is in you releases light on the earth. It releases peace on the earth. It releases joy. It releases strength. And my prayer is that this comes alive in your life, comes alive in your heart, that we be a church that is totally grounded, that is totally grounded, as we go forward and we pray, God, how can, how can we do this as a church in the pandemic? What does this look like for change? What does this look like for homes to be set ablaze? For us to be alive to our purpose? We say that all the time. We're alive to our purpose so that others can find theirs. Are you alive to your purpose? Your purpose is to bring kingdom down to earth. Your purpose is to come alive and activate the word of God. And my prayer is that this absolutely rocks your world, that it wakes you up in the morning. My challenge to you is, is that this week you look for the meeting with the king, that you change it. And I don't know if it's a post-it on your window. I don't know if it's writing it in your journal, writing it on your wrist. Uh, a while ago, you know, I, I challenged our youth group when we were youth pastors to like write God on your wrist. And because you look at your wrist so many times and you wash your hands, especially now, because we're all washing our hands like every other second. But when you wash your hands, you'll see it, you know, and, and it's a reminder, God is present and it wants you. Maybe you need to write something down Say, you know what? I have power. I have authority. I have the, the, I have the resource of heaven in me and I need to use it. I need to activate it because it's on the shelf. It's, it's dying. I'm, I'm listening to the lie of the enemy. I'm sleeping through my calling. And my call to you today is just, man, to wake up. Let this week be a week where you dive deeper, where you go in, you go all in. And I want to pray that over you. For those of you that don't know Jesus, I encourage you, push that button, raise your hand. Let someone pray with you today. Accept Jesus as your Lord. Step into knowing him. That's the only thing I promise you that will fulfill that void that you feel. It will fulfill the peace that you're looking for, the joy that you want, desire. He is everything. I promise you, he is everything. When you make him Lord, you have a life that is fulfilled. You have a life of stepping in and saying, wow, God is so good. Now, am I promising that life will be good all the time? No. That's a lie. We, it won't be all good until we get to heaven, but you will understand the essence of life. You will understand that he is everything. But I wanna pray over you today for those of you that 
have heard this word today and you're like, you know, I want to be sanctified. I want to be set apart. And if that is your desire, if that is your want and, and, and longing, then today I want to pray fire into your heart. I want to pray that, that God would absolutely come and sanctify you. The Holy Spirit, you come into a new awareness. So would you pray this prayer with me? Would you just repeat after me? Say, Holy Spirit, come. Come into my heart right now and search me. Search me, Father. Search me. Search if there's anything that is in the way of me knowing you, of me knowing your heart. And God, I pray that you would destroy it. Come on, pray that prayer right now. Say, God, if, if whatever it is, help me to come into partnership with you to destroy it. Get it to the surface so that I can get it out of the way because my desire is to know you more. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for those who have made this decision today to come into this place of sanctification, to come into this place of saying, God, make us holy, set us apart, search our hearts, let us be known by you. Once you look at all the parts of our mind and heart and make them pure, that we are a people set apart for your glory. We're set apart to bring kingdom down to earth. Father, we love you so much. I just pray that you just release your fire. Your fire is for one thing, to burn away all things, to burn away all things that are not of you. And I just pray for that fire to be released in their hearts. You would burn away the idols, burn away the self-desires, the selfishness, burn away the things that keep us in this earth and searching after the earth's provision. God, I just pray that they would have eternal perspective. They would come after you. They would seek after the kingdom of God. I pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.